When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Arsenal fans, and uh, welcome along to our latest 49 undefeated Arsenal Football. London podcast. Joined by Charlie Watts this afternoon and Andy Hart too. Uh, Charlie making a, a bit of a comeback after Kev's cameo role last week. So, welcome, Charlie. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Good stuff. Um, we'll, we'll get. Obviously, we've not spoken since last week's kind of aftermath of the director of football comments, Andy. Um, two wins since then. One very encouraging and one that a lot of Arsenal fans got quite excited. Well, I say excited, tempered by the fact that uh, Liverpool then won and convincingly won at West Ham the next day. Yeah. But, but a performance against Stoke that was really exciting, really encouraging. But then a performance against Sunderland midweek that, let's face it, was a lot more, you know, a lot more of a slog um, and kind of the type of performance we've almost become accustomed to seeing at the Emirates at times this season. Yeah, well, no, I think we lost it before the Southampton game, didn't we? And uh, I think Kev was so pessimistic about the two games. And I said to him, I said, yeah, we'll, we'll go to Southampton, we'll win, we'll go to Stoke, we'll win. But we still might come up short, and it, that's how it looks at the moment. But, yeah, you know, three wins out of three, two t- tricky away games, which we traditionally do. Four with the United yeah, previous to that as well. traditionally struggle against. Um, so, you know... For me, it's all about building momentum towards the cup final now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's out of our hands, the top four. Um, if we can, if we can get a good result against Everton on Sunday and, and hope Liverpool slip up, then then great. But for me, it's just let's just hope we get some momentum, no injuries, and uh, we go into that game at Wembley. Can you lads make any case for it at all that we finish in the top four this season? No. Well, no. I mean, you, can't, well, can't, you can never this say. This sounds like it's caveat. Well, no, but you can never say never, but. Liverpool could have two players sent off in the first five minutes against Borough, but you know, as long as Liverpool don't do anything stupid, then you've got to think they're going to beat Middlesbrough. I mean, if they score first, Middlesbrough won't score. I'm, I'm convinced Middlesbrough won't score at Anfield, so it's either going to be a nil-nil draw. Or... I think that's the key, isn't it? I think. But then they they they've not done badly away from home at some of the. They've kept it tight. You know, they drew nil-nil with us, didn't they? And they got a one-one draw at Man City when they got last-minute equaliser. They lost two-one at United in the very last minute when they were one-nil up, heading into. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm. Trying to be as optimistic. As I think, given can. given what's on the line for Liverpool, and you know, the Anfield will be will be buzzing. I, I'd be very surprised if, if if they didn't comfortably get it done. And City aren't going to City aren't going to lose at Watford. Mm. So, um, so no, I don't. I mean, you know, it's, there's a chance that it's football. Anything can happen. But I'd be very very surprised. And um, I think we've uh, all got to face up to the prospect of the Europa League next season. Do you think it's going to be a bit of a strange subdued atmosphere as a result? I mean, I mean frankly, it was a subdued atmosphere the other day because well, no one was there. Yeah. But it's a bit of a weird one because Everton travel there kind of... I mean, Everton don't want to get anything from that. The fans certainly don't anyway. We're, I think Ronald Koeman's approach to the game will be as professional as it always is under him. But the fans will, I imagine, probably want Arsenal to win that game and put as much pressure on Liverpool as they can. Yeah, Do you, I've, I've never, I didn't actually think about it like that. But yeah. Well, I'm hoping Koeman rocks up with all the kids and... And that's that. I can't yeah. see that being the case. And I think Everton. I think Arsenal will win anyway. I yeah. think Arsenal will win comfortably. I think yeah, there's an awful lot riding on it for Arsenal. They've got to give themselves a chance. And so, 
you know, we've seen them turn turn the corner in the last few weeks anyway with the the fear of missing out on the Champions League. They're suddenly kicked into life again and, and they're winning games, scoring some goals. So I think they'll win. I think Sanchez needing to win the goal, or being close to winning the Golden Boot as well, all, is another factor. I think he'll be, you know, all around that pitch even more and than obviously up against the Kaku and, well. and it's against the Kaku exactly so you know, I, I, and Everton got a dreadful record in, in North London so I think Arsenal will comfortably win but I just think it's it's out of hands and given how the fixtures have fallen and the poor home to Millsborough on the final day yeah, the, the big chance was West Ham last week and you know, West Ham just didn't shut up they were dreadful and imagine pinning your hopes on West Ham I know but it, you kind of raised your, raised your hopes a little bit because of what they did against Tottenham and how they played against Tottenham but yeah. you could see after the first 10 minutes it was going to be nothing but a comfortable Liverpool win I mean, they were given the space of the London Stadium to, to play I mean, the gaps between the centre-backs were just ridiculous and it was always going to be once they got the first goal it was going to be a comfortable win and that's how it proves so. but I guess that's, that's where for me there are the tiniest shoots of optimism Andy is that Middlesbrough are the, the complete antithesis of that West Ham team in that well A, a well A they've got nothing to play for Yeah. B they are they were under Karanka and still under Steve Agnew are a team that pride themselves first on the defence rather than yeah. attack. I can't see them coming out and yeah. playing football. And Liverpool against Southampton, who again I know are a better team than South at the Middlesbrough. Let's not make any pretence about that. But they don't like playing against teams that sit there and encourage Liverpool to attack. That's it. I think that's the. St- the one thing they're all hanging on to is the fact that Liverpool struggled to break down these sort of teams at home all season. But because it's Middlesbrough and like... I wish we had a camera in here right now. Because <laughs> Charlie's just sort of like looking at us with bemusement. It's just not going to happen, is it? It's just not. They get Liverpool... I, the tactical I'm genius that is Steve Agnew. I'll gladly be proved wrong, but Liverpool will not slip up at home to Middlesbrough on the final day. Oh. I think we've all got to accept it as Europa League football for Arsenal next <laughs> year. And deservedly so, because they don't deserve to get in the top four this season, I don't think. Anyway, and uh, maybe this will be the wake-up call that everyone needs, but it's just it's just not going to happen. I mean, we, we all would love nothing more to see Callum Chambers pop up with a last-minute goal in front of the cop. And, uh, and you know, great party scenes at the Emirates. Uh, well... I don't know, would it would even be party scenes, I don't know. But it was similar to last season as final day. Um, but I think this time our luck's, our luck's going to run out. We've had a fair few lucky scrapes on the final day over, yeah. over the years, but I think this one's just, fortunately, it's not in our hands this time, and I think that'll be the big the big factor. OK, so some, some actual positives. Some actual positives uh, we can look at. Rob yeah. Holden. I mean, we were waxing yes. lyrical about him on the pod last week. He'd just played against Manchester United, goes to Southampton, delivers a brilliant performance goes to Stoke, cements his place in Arsenal fans' hearts by injuring Marko Arnautovic and getting revenge for Matthew Debushi's injury a couple of years ago. Like, the lad can do no wrong. He, he just looks... Yeah. I he mean, looks it, so composed. We, we, we could dedicate a whole podcast to him, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think me and you have been saying it all season. Just cannot understand why Wenger hasn't started him more often. And I, he spoke the other day in the press conference about... Um, how Rob Holding was considered maybe too young, too inexperienced to be chucked into the back three at the beginning of the season. Because uh, I know Wenger was talking about he was thinking about switching to the back three earlier than he did. It's easier and, to say that yeah, when it's, it's and all... I mean, just imagine if he did, because actually we've ground out some results with it. But yeah, I, I, not starting Holding in, in the North London derby was one of the Criminal. biggest disappointments for me of the season. And uh, now that he's back in, I just pray that he stays fit for the cup final and... and uh, yeah, because we just look more solid with him at the back. 
I think that was so classic Arsene Wenger that it just sometimes he makes those tactical decisions just just leave you totally bemused. I mean, there was just no reason to be leaving Rob Holden out of that. The, it's like he stumbles upon something good, but then he'll just revert to type yeah. for no reason. What, what is he just doing? That? It was just such a bizarre, bizarre thing to do. And um, but yeah, it's fantastic come back inside. I thought he was great because he was actually uh, Stoke was an interesting one because he was given a bit of a tough time by Arnautovic. Certainly in the second half, when Stoke yeah. got a little bit winded themselves. And the goal um, came from Arnautovic doing, holding down the left and whipping it in. And there was another incident just after that. He tried to do it again, Arnautovic, and, and Holden saw him off this time. He stood up. He didn't, he didn't panic. He, now, a lot of players lose their heads a little bit, especially young players, when he just got done and it's led to a goal. Um, but he stood up. He, won, he, he I think the ball ended up, he sort of deflected it behind him from a corner. But I was really impressed with the way he, he didn't go into his shell or anything like that. And then immediately as well, he, he, sort of, he, he played the big key in Sanchez's goal. It was him coming up from the back. Sort of winning a tackle from Crouch, skipping past the tackle, driving forward, and then he he passed the ball on in the build-up to Sanchez's goal. Um, he can just do, like I say, he can do no wrong. He's good defensively. He's calm. He's composed. Going forward, he takes initiative, and he's just he just looks an all-round. He's passed like every test I think so far. That everything that's been thrown at him, he's sort of just come through it. And, and it'll be interesting to see if he gets called up for England now for the yeah, summer for summer games. Because yeah. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Um, Southgate knows him, knows him well, likes him. There's a dearth of and, there's a real dearth of like quality central defenders out there at the moment. Let's let's be honest. Like mm. Michael Keane looks like he's probably going to get a big move this summer, and that will probably aid him in getting pushing up the pecking order. But look at England's central defensive options. That's by far the weakest for me. That's the weakest area that that team at the moment. Mm. So, I, 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 I mean, everyone's so desperate for Rob, for um, John Stones to be good, you know, and. Well, there was. But he's just well, from what I've seen, he's decent. But everyone's so desperate for him to be good and be this ball playing centre half that that England can base the team round and can, you know, drive England forward over the next few years and just kind of be our back in the day like Alan Hansen or something like that. And everyone's desperate for him to be good. No one's talking about Robert Holding apart from Arsenal fans. Really, he's not the, the form that he's in now. He's not really generating that much interest, which I, I'm staggered at because I been, quite like that though. I, I, I quite like it, but I'm because it was, we're usually so desperate to jump onto our young players. Yeah, but Holding's still continuing to go under the radar, really, outside of mm. Arsenal, which is quite strange. But this is it. I think he will hit a rough patch at some point. Yeah, be it maybe towards the end of the season, even in the cup final, or beginning of next season, whatever. If he's, if he's in the team, so hopefully fans just sort of. You know, appreciate what he's doing now, and we've seen how good he can be. But when he does hit that rough patch like Bellerin has earlier this well, season, then... I was going to say Wobie's a case in point with that. Or Wobie, yes, we, we just... came came in, had this, you know, rise to prominence, which arguably probably came too soon. I've, I'll be honest with you, I think Wenger's managed that very well. I do think he probably could have brought him on a, a few times re- in recent weeks and given him a good bit of game time because he has a lot of fans have almost forgotten about him. Yeah. recently but yeah. I do think he managed that situation well because mm. I, I, I was amongst people that was that were very sceptical of Iwobi's he seemed to just be named in, in the starting eleven every week mm. I actually think the formation as things stand and this is why I think any sceptics who think this is just a short term fix and he's going to revert to type in the summer it, it doesn't make any sense to me to revert to type what, hap- what would happen to hold him He's come into a team that have, he he came into the team when the back three started more or less yeah. at Middlesbrough. He did, yeah. Now, if you go back to four at the back, you have decision. You have one less central defender, and we look so much more solid. I mean, we've kept how many clean sheets now? I mean, the, the Stoke goal 
in the last four games is the only goal that we've conceded. We look so much better as a unit, I think. I agree with that. And, and you've got a factory in Kolesna, she's coming in the summer, who's very much suited to a Wilbur role rather, rather than left back because he's so attacking. So uh, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure we're going to revert back to time. I was just going to say as well, I think those two positions off the striker would be perfect for a Wobi because he doesn't strike me as a conventional wide player. He doesn't strike me as a, a natural number 10. I don't see in any other system where he'd necessarily fit. I think one of those roles would be perfect for him because he's able to get... He's able to go out to the flanks and have a bit of an impact yeah. and, and in, like, interplay with Kolasinac if, if it's going to be him on the left wing or Bellerin or Oxlade-Chamberlain on the right. But then he's also got a licence to just roam in the, in the middle as well. Yeah, it's that what sort of wide playmaker position we always talk about, isn't it? A bit like what Ericsson does for Spurs. And yeah, exactly. he's got potential he to do it. He was decent when he came on, actually, last 10 minutes away. But he looked... Um, yeah, we looked at... We, we looked a lot. He was determined he was going to prove a point, I think. Thing, I think Wenger has eventually managed that situation well. I think he let it drag on a little bit too long because he was so out of form in YB mm. and he was continuing to play. And, I, and the, at the time, I remember we were all talking about it, saying, you know, what's he doing, what's he doing? And it just, for me, it felt like he, he kept him in the side for about a month too long. But I, I do like what he's done since then. He's just sort of taken him out of the firing line. He's given him a bit of a breather, which he needs at his age. You know, he, he's a young kid, and he, despite his uh, massive physique. Um, and I think it will do YB the world of good. And he certainly looked revigorated when he came on albeit for a short space of time in, in midweek I also think midweek going back to that game you were talking about it and it wasn't you know I was about 36 shots in that game it was utter domination really there was a couple of breakaways that Sunderland had check save from Defoe in the first half but it was I, I thought the first half was a little bit it, it took him a little bit, bit while to get going but I thought the second half was good I thought they were much much better certainly last half hour when they made a couple of changes I mean it was incessant pressure in the end, and uh, Pickford was fantastic. Eleven saves. It was that. It sort of reminds me of Rob Green in two thousand and seven in the one 0 against West Ham when they somehow managed to leave with three points. First Bob, team Bobby to win. Zamora. Yeah, first yeah. team to win the Emirates. Bobby Zamora's chip. Yeah. And then um, Rob Green. I always hold that as the ultimate goalkeeper performance I've seen from a visiting goalkeeper <laughs> at the Emirates. But Pickford was right up there. It was, yeah. it was very, very good. Well, Wenger, you are you asked the question after the game. Is Pickford someone that's on the radar this summer? Is a goalkeeper on the radar? Wenger seemed adamant that it wasn't the case. Now it's not. It's, I mean, he, they've been watching Pickford. Definitely been watching Pickford. And he, he he went through with me. Said he went through the goalkeepers. Ospina, you know, blah blah blah. Chesney, but Ospina's leaving. Chesney isn't going to come back on under Wenger. It's just not going to happen. And um, and Martinez, it's just not. He's it's always going to be a third choice goalkeeper isn't he so there is certainly a scope for a new goalkeeper to come in whether it be Pickford it might not be but there's, I'd be stunned if a goalkeeper doesn't arrive this summer Do you think it's a bit of a a, di- a bit of a catch-22 almost for, for Arsenal going for a keeper in that if they go for someone like Pickford is he prepared to then it, would this be the final season for Czech where Pickford acts, acts as understudy acts as the cup keeper and, and learns from him as mentor do you think after the season he's had, he'd be prepared to take a lesser role? And, and also, I think the thing with Pickford, which is really interesting, which um, I know Kev has said this a few times, is it's it's one thing being in a team that concedes that many opportunities every game and you're being forced to make those saves. It's another thing entirely being in a team that has, probably not this season as much, but the majority of the time has... You know the lion's share of possession has the ball a lot, and you you need to be alert. You need to be able to be called into action 
infrequently yeah. but you need to make those saves at, at crucial points during a game I I like him and I think Arsenal should move this summer for him because I think a bit more is going to Everton sound like they're the other team that are really interested in him but I do wonder about the dynamic of the goalkeeping department if he were to arrive I think a player like Pickford of his, of his age I think if you've got a chance to move to Arsenal and and it is a case of look you probably have to play under study for one season he should be able to accept that I think it depends if he's got eyes on the World Cup as well because yeah. obviously the World Cup's coming up next year and, but Arsenal he's going to get a lot of games it's not like you don't play a lot as second choice goalkeeper you get well you're going to get all Europa League games which is you know, 5 million there, there's that optimism <laughs> seeping through again oh. yeah about 5 million games in that competition <laughs> next season you've got the FA Cup you've got the, you got the League Cup so you play 15-20 games next season you could do um, so I don't I don't think it's um, it's that big a deal coming over for a year to play understudy to a goalkeeper like Petr Cech I mean what are you gonna, who better to learn under than a year working with Petr Cech so um, you know I Unless he's really got ambitions to be England number one goalkeeper at the World Cup, um, I think it'd be a good move for him, I really do. Just going back to the Sunderland game, Granit Xhaka, outstanding again, I thought. I mean, that pass for... People have said that pass yeah, from Ozil. That, Ozil for, that, that was pretty much the assist, wasn't it? Yeah, a, a pass of a... Pre-assist. A pass of a 34 million <laughs> man, a lot of people were saying. I, yeah, I, think I mean... He, again, he's another player that... Do you go back to a formation... And, and there are plenty out there that do believe that Wenger will do that. I, I just cannot, that doesn't add up in my head when you see how this formation has brought the best out of so many individuals and it seems like a system that everyone can work in. I mean, Jacker recently has been, I'd say, across the past four games, our, our most consistent player. I think the goal against United did him a world of good and I yeah. think he's, he's really starting to you know, come on strong now. And it's, it's interesting when you look at the midfield options now heading into the summer I mean Elneny can't Elneny just looks so far away from, from getting yeah. a game at this point and you, you've got to factor in that Wilshire is coming back this summer obviously there's no clarity on what's going to happen with him yet yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the encouraging thing I think Xhaka pretty much looks like he's cemented his place as pretty much Arsenal's first choice midfielder alongside whether it be Aaron Ramsey or Cazorla if Cazorla ever comes back but yeah no, it's really really encouraging and um you know he's had a lot of stick this season. People pundits calling him the worst signing of the season, worst player of the season, all this sort of stuff. But I think Arsenal fans saw that there was something there, and if he just had a settled midfield partner, um, and a system that suited his strengths, then we'd see the best of him. I think that's what we're seeing right now. Because you know he's really got some good passing ability, hasn't he? I still, think, f- I still think my biggest question mark about him. I think he's, I think he's a, a, a good player. Oh, hugely! Look, and, and the last couple of games, all these wins. Over, if, if you look at the teams we've beaten, the, the, everyone's like, all these teams are on the beach. You know, they've got to play for. They're relegated. Whatever. The, the Stoke game though was the one. I mean, Jack was great against Sunderland, but he's given the freedom to do what he wanted. Yeah. But the Stoke game, he was put under an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. there was. It was Stoke. They weren't on the beach, Stoke. They, yeah, they, they, they really wanted. Game, yeah, they wanted to beat us. Yeah, and there was a, especially when they got the goal back. It was a real hot atmosphere there. It yeah. really was. Yeah. And um, I was really impressed with Jacker in that game, particularly because he stood up and he, he dealt with everything. He won that. He won that midfield battle at Stoke, and it was really good. The pass in the build-up to um, the opening goal as well, when he split the lines to Cockerham, it was fantastic ball. And, um, I've been really impressed. I've got to say, last so, six weeks, so good you missed it initially. So I did miss it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Cockerland. <laughs> And I thought it was on the replay. It was, um, he's just, I've given him a lot of stick as well. You know, I was far from convinced by him the first half of the season, but 
he's really grown into the team the last couple of months and he is I think he's been consistently been Arsenal's best player certainly since this winning run started I think he's been Arsenal's best player and um, it is exciting for next season I think you've always got to give a player a season to settle and that was always in the back of my mind with Jack although it frustrated me and I wasn't sure what Arsenal spent 35 million on you do always kind of have to give a player a year to settle and it's exciting getting to this stage of the season. You can just sense he's feeling at home now. He's beginning to feel at home. And he's doing it in the last few games alongside different partners, which is also encouraging. Because um, it was awful with Cochrane at the start of the season. But Cochrane played against Stoke and they were really good. Cochrane was excellent as well, I've got to yeah. say. Um, and so that's encouraging. Now, I do think sort of looking further ahead for next season, it's, it's certainly a plus point. That it looks like he's finding his feet. And you can see that there's a player there who could improve the team and get better as well which is it. yeah it reminds me a bit of Koscielny when Koscielny first came I just thought to myself oh my god he's so lightweight he didn't look prepared for the league he didn't you know he didn't settle in well at all did he um, but second season obviously he grew and he grew he's a player he is now so well, we sometimes you've got to give players time when they come from different leagues and I think Shaq is probably the best example of that well that'll be an interesting one this weekend with Koscielny actually because Lukaku's name named Koscielny earlier this season is the best yeah Centre back he's come up against in the Premier League. I, I was at I was at Goodison when they won two 0 last season, um, and he, he was at, him and Gabriel against Lukaku just made Lukaku look like an amateur mm. rifle. I mean Lukaku's I've gone and done it now, but Lukaku's record against Arsenal is, is not beyond that three 0 match yeah. Yeah. in the thirteen fourteen season when it looked like they finished above us. His record against Arsenal not particularly great, no. which. I think, I mean, I think Alexis Sanchez on on Sunday is going to be a man possessed. I think he's going to be <laughs> probably frustrating a lot of people. I mean, I wanted to come on to Sanchez with with both of you because yep. I I'm infuriated personally by some of the by some of the criticism that he gets because yes, he does give the ball away. I'm not going to make any I'm not going to make any pretense about it whatsoever. Look at his look at his statistics and tell me that. The tangible statistics every single game he is scoring goals I don't care how many times he gives the ball away frankly because ultimately he's delivering time and time and time again I, I totally agree uh, I think I think Tim Stillman said it and I think he tweeted it once that Sanchez is essentially the perfect example of a high risk high reward player you know yeah, he, he, he will turn over the ball a lot because he tries things that other players don't but he'll be in the positions in the box where other players won't as well. You know, he'll just through sheer force of will, he'll yeah. just score. He'll get his head on things, and yeah, it was just his goal against Stoke was fantastic. I mean, he was literally yeah one, on leg. one leg, and he'd been signalling to come off, and then suddenly he just <laughs> saw the ball break to himself, and he just sprinted. He was just off. That, that, that was him in a nutshell. Scored yeah. and then started celebrating, then realised, yeah, actually, I'm in quite a bit of pain here, and yeah. then had to go off. But it was just that sudden thing of the ball's there, the goal's there. Forget the pain I'm going for it, and and, and the fact that he recovered to play against Sunderland, which I did, I thought he was out because Wenger was like, oh, this doesn't look good. He's got yeah. a fine injury. I mean, you look at his goals <laughs> as well in that Southampton game, in the Sunderland game, and the I mean, the pass for Özil was was I love that goal. utterly incredible. It was just the <laughs> yeah. perfect yeah. thing. See, that's, that's but you look. You, I was just going to say, you look at the goals in each game. That Southampton one where he's just sent Yoshida and. Hmm. Um, Stevens, I think it was for a hot dog in the stand and has slipped the finish past Forster yeah, exactly. then in the Stoke game it's, it's all about the drive and, and just a, a, a fierce shot and then he, he gets two poachers goals against Sunderland yeah. I, 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 I honestly 
think he's just such a complete footballer. And listen, no, no one else has scored over twenty league goals for us since Van Persie. What was it to twenty twelve? So the fact that he can even win the Golden Boot this season is just amazing. It just shows. He's not even a striker, right? He's no, not even a striker, so. I don't know how people can suggest that Arsenal could potentially be a better team without him. Ten or eleven assists as well, isn't it? He's got. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Yeah. That's the under, underrated part of his game. Like, like, like Tom was saying, the assist for Ozil's got Stoke. That's such an underrated part of his part of his. That, game. The, whole, the whole thing about the goal, the, the original pass from Ozil, yeah. and the run, the pass, Ozil's first touch to control that pass, just a tiny little feather-like touch to get get it out of his feet and the finish. I was just, I, I love that goal. It's great. It, it, was, it was like it was like watching Arsenal in the autumn of yeah. 2016, wasn't it? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Got around five minutes left, so I I I just wanted to go on to. The summer now and start thinking. I know it oh, almost sounds a bit premature when, cup when we've got a cup final. I know, I know. And I, when I hosted the Chelsea pod the other day, I did completely forget about the the cup final when <laughs> when I was talking, um, looking at Chelsea's summer transfer plans. But um, Kalasnac looks like that's more or less done. Yep. Understand the club are you know fairly close to um, announcing that, and that will be done very soon. Seems as if keeper, centre back, midfielder, striker, a whole new spine basically is is what he's after. Do you think that's five signings would suffice? I'd say so. I mean, this squad it depends who leaves because there could be a wholesale. I mean, wholesale they're going to have to get rid of be a lot players, of players going going out the door this summer. Um, but I think I think the, the left back position was was key. Even though Monreal I think has done really good in the last in the last six weeks, he's really found his form again. I think they've got they've got to get that. It looks like they've sorted it out. Player, I don't know too much about, but all the reports I've heard and everyone who has watched him over there, you know, so he's a very, very good player. I think, I think the, I was just going to say, I think from when I've seen him perform this season, he looks better going forward than he does going back. It just suits Arsenal defender. Really. But that left wing back role again, I hark on about this three at the back and why he needs to keep it. That he he seems such an ideal fit for that position. Oh, someone who. How nice it would be to have an Arsenal fullback who could actually cross the ball into the box. I mean, that thought, looks strange. Watching, watching Kieran Gibbs uh, in yeah. the last oh. few weeks, uh, and he's been outside for so long, and come back into the side, it's just I've just wanted to have been hit my head against <laughs> the desk every time he gets into a decent position, and then balloons one over. It's just really frustrating, um, and he's got he's got to improve on it. Well, he's not going to improve because he's going to be out. He's going to be out the door in the summer. You'd imagine. Certainly, one of them is going to leave Monreal or, or Gibbs. I mean, he just looks like a player going through. The he, he needs to. He needs to get out. He needs to kick on again and have a bit of a, have a, a try and reignite his career because he's getting to the age now where he's not got too long left. And if he if he sticks around, he's not going to get any game time next season. And Monreal, if we're playing three at the back, he provides cover on that left side of centre back as well. You know, he's a good option there. Yep. So it just depends whether he wants to be second fiddle, having been first choice fiddle, but. Um, um, but yeah, he looks impressive. I watched him against Ajax in that, and they 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 went out that day, Schalke. But I was really impressed. He got two assists that day, Kalasnac, and he's a beast as well. He's massive and he's strong, and he's um, he's not going to take any prisoners, I don't think, which will help because Arsenal need that. So it looks like that's if that is the first bit of transfer business, which is going to be done, which it looks like it is done and should be announced soon. Then it is a good start. But yeah, plenty more plenty more work to be done. Oh, I mean, I, I I go back to it every single time we talk about it, but. I think Wenger's situation is going to massively well, dictate what happens this summer. Um, who we bring in, will they come if they don't know who the manager's going to be? If we do get a new manager, which looks probably slightly unlikely, then who you know, who they want to bring because the formation might change. If we're taking all of that out of account, then 
I still think we need a striker. Um, God knows who we'll get. <laughs> I know we've been linked to Lacazette for I months and months. I think Lacazette wanted, didn't he? I yeah, think I, definitely... I think he was one that Wenger actually wanted. I think he would have gone. Uh, he it looks like he's off to Atletico now, yeah, isn't it? So, um, I'm, I'm not too sure what is going to happen. That is. Throw 100 million quid on the table. Go and get him. Show mm. some ambition. And even that, even that might not be enough to be, to be quite honest. Sure, I have Monaco would take 100 million quid for him. Yeah, but I just, someone might. Sure, someone else. Been linked with that Thomas Lamar as well. The, Thomas the Lamar. That, that's probably more of a realistic well, signing. We're forgetting the whole Sanchez thing. We're talking about we need a striker. But if Sanchez goes, you know, that's our top goal scorer. That's our top goal scorer. Top assist guy. You know, that's it's not just a new striker we need. We need you need a new striker and a new. It's hard to even I, pinpoint what position he is, but you know, that's almost like a wide forward. I guess. Yeah. I, I wonder whether that's in his thinking, regardless of if Sanchez stays, because I, I do still think we lack a. And obviously, again, it depends on the formation, I guess. But that Lamar at Monaco looks like he could probably play in various formations, um, operating from the left anyway. But yep. I do feel like we lack a a, a forward-thinking player that. Just and this sounds so old school, like just you know, straight out of the winger's handbook, but just just puts the head down and runs past a fullback or a centre back. I just don't see any of that with Arsenal anymore. I think Ox is the only one who's got that, yeah, that sort of kick and go Absolutely. tendency. Yeah. He's the only one in, in it. I mean, Walcott tries, but he'll fall over the ball when he tries it. <laughs> but Ox is the one who can actually do it and, and do it well. Um, I mean, it, it, let's hope he's fit for the final. I think it, he could be. I think again. It's a big question mark, though. If you've not played for a few weeks, yeah. Do you chuck him straight back in for that? The the key for, for me, and, and we'll come on to Chelsea in, in next week's pod in a bit more detail. But I think we, I think if we are going to win that game, and I make us v- very much the underdog, I think, we I think should, yeah. if we're going to win that game, the 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 biggest weakness in that Chelsea team is their left hand side because Hazard doesn't work as hard as Pedro on the right hand side. That means that Alonso, who for me is not as athletic as Moses, not as quick, is susceptible. Matic isn't the most, isn't the quickest across the ground, and and Cahill is also the left-sided centre. The number of goals they've conceded from that kind of that right-hand channel, where I think Özil will probably get quite a, a bit of room as well, and I think mm. him and Sanchez interchange will be key. For me, if we if we are going to beat Chelsea, that is the only area we're going to get any joy in. I think Ox. Has yeah. to be the player that plays. I really do. I think the game at White Hart Lane when they lost two one. I think that springs to mind. Was it two nil? Two nil, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's yeah. definitely. Both to mind. both goals coming from yeah. Ericsson crosses from just that right occupying that that mm-hmm. area, but almost in a almost in the middle of the square of Alonso, Cahill, Matic, Hazard. I just mm. think that is their biggest sort of black spot under Conte. Yeah. Um, right. get, yeah. get in that dressing room I know, yeah, Wembley I've, I've mate already, I've already written the team talk here haven't I yeah, um, yeah. and I, I think a central midfielder as well I, I, I do think there have been a few different players linked so Pablo Fornals and Malaga is someone that's been linked personally I'm not convinced whether he's the right profile of midfielder in that I still feel we need someone that is going to primarily win the ball and give it do you not I, think we need someone like a as all a replacement at all possibly and I think that pop po- probably um... but, but just sorry to interrupt there, but there's there's only two places in, it, in that midfield True. right now in this formation if we are going to stick with it there's two places Jack has got one of them we'd say now Ramsey for me has been very good since he's come back from his injury um, now he's got another one 
But there's, so basically, if you're saying Ramsey's positions may be the doubt, you've only got one player there, one position to fill. And you've got Kozoli, you've got Elneny, you've got Coquelin, you've got uh, Ramsey. There's plenty there. I mean, some of them can go and you're getting a better player. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's it's not the easiest position to fill and to get the right person to fit in, like, to fit in, in there and who's, I, who I, is going to be an improvement. You, feel, you feel like he'll have to sell. I really like the look of Talisa at Leon. I've got to say, I really, I, I think of the three midfielders they've been linked with, Fornals at Malaga, Talisa at Leon, and uh, today there's been some links with Lamina at Juventus. I think if if you're thinking of those three as, as targets, and frankly, regardless of if we're in Champions League or Europa League, those are all viable targets. Mm. I think for me, Talisa of the three looks the most athletic. I think um, he's the most ready as well. Yeah, I think he slots straight into that side, and you could possibly say he'll be an improvement on on what we've got. I'm not sure you, you can say that about the other two. They'd, no. they'd take a while to adjust yeah. and, all, and all that. But I think Toliso is ready. He's a full international. He's you know he's made it. He's had a fantastic season. He scored goals as well. I think he's certainly the most the most ready. To and and to the thing is, well, I completely agree with you. It's not easy to, and this is a problem. Those lot down down the other end of North London are going to have to and I, I firmly believe they're in for a very problematic summer I, I, I just think there can't be this acceptance of kind of you know saying oh well the midfield stopped with midfielders I, frankly I can't see a long term future for Mohamed Elneny and I like Elneny but I think he if you're being very brutal about it he's a steady Eddie in that midfield and he doesn't doesn't particularly offer much defensively, doesn't offer much going forward. And I think if you're kind of in that middle zone of not really offering anything to the cause, I, th- I think you, you, you get found out. And I think Coquelin's possibly fallen victim of that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, it, it's a, it's a, for me, it's a position that has to be strengthened. There's got to be a realisation and an acceptance as well that Cazorla's only going to play so many games next season. He, he, he will not be able to stay fit to play. Any, and that's such a sad thing to say because... The start of the season, he was absolutely superb. I mean, he should be in the Player of the Year reckoning. He's only played eight games. <laughs> like that, that's as, as simple as it, as it is for me. If he'd have stayed fit, I think we'd be in the top four without a shadow of a doubt. I, would, I don't think be, yeah, no doubt about that. I think we would be, he, he, we'd be right in the title race. I think there's no surprise we we were in, we were you know top of the table. It was the same as last season as well when he got injured. You know that's when our season absolutely collapsed when he got injured in the sort of second half of it and this yeah he is that important but it's a chronic problem he's got and is it is, is it going to get any better when he comes back highly doubt it so no it's, it is an area and they will strengthen they will sign a central midfielder I've got no doubt about that they'll, like you said they'll, they'll go through the spine striker goalkeeper and they did it last summer to be fair down the spine um, well Czech was the year before but I think they'll do it again goalkeeper centre back midfielder and a striker the striker's a big one for me you know we've been after a striker for how many years now and we we always seem to end up in the start of the season when you read up front still um, they got they got to get someone in this year they got to get an improvement I think, I think that's going to be one of the big problems they face this summer because I think if you don't get in the Champions League and we discussed this last week that shouldn't necessarily dictate the level of target you go for but I also think to myself that lack for me of the attainable targets out there Lacazette is so perfect for Arsenal he's got everything you could want in a striker. Because I think otherwise, you look around Europe, there aren't many strikers that are scoring more than 20 goals in Europe's top five leagues, which is what Wenger wants. And Lacazette's got pace, strength, good in the air, plays on the shoulder, not a bad finisher. 
I don't see many other strikers other than Mbappe like that. And I, sadly, I think Mbappe is going to be a beyond our price range, and B will have his his sights set slightly higher. So I think I, th- I think striker could be. Yeah, like bringing in a striker would be a very difficult task this summer. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm still holding out hope in Mbappe though. I'm a, <laughs> like, he's, he's my dream signing. I'm, a, I'm refusing Absolutely. to. I don't think I don't think you're alone there. I'm a, refusing to think. I, I don't know. I just keep thinking it's re, maybe the romantic in me that he's a, he wants to link up with Wenger and he wants to follow his idol Thierry Henry. In a, Coming in a from the man who will not believe in Callum Chambers scoring that 90th minute equaliser in front of the cup. Just quick, lads, before we wrap things up because we. Past the 35 minute mark now, bumper edition of this week's 49 Undefeated podcast. Um, predictions for the weekend, how do you see it going? I think we're going to win 2 0. 3 0. 3 0. Wow. I, t- I just don't think. 2 1. E- Everton's record on the road ain't great, is it? I mean, they lost no. to Swansea last time out. Lukaku doesn't really tend to score away from home. I think, I think we'll just get the job done and look nervously at. Get the wireless radios out, really. 2 1. <laughs> Alexis with both goals, I'm going to say. Yeah. It's well, hoping. It's that goal and boot he deserves. As if Kane hasn't scored tonight. I mean, I, I'm not even going to go into the fact that why he didn't get in the PFA team of the year because it's a, it's a travesty as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, before I start ranting and raving about another subject, um, thanks, lads. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Pleasure. Been really good. I've enjoyed this. Been really good. Really well, you. It's like it's like weekly therapy for us, but now we're actually winning. Yeah, it doesn't feel. Like yeah, it feels a bit weird. Like I don't <laughs> kind of know how to start these at the moment. But yeah. here's hoping we can come back for next week's pod. Um, probably back on a uh, probably back next Thursday as we look ahead to the FA Cup final. Obviously, looking back on this weekend um, to see if Arsenal will get that top four spot. Um, although Charlie's already decided that we won't, so I guess we better just not watch at the weekend. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.